Welcome to No Clip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rodman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Tunic, a game that was developed by Isometricorp Games, published by Finji, and was released in 2022 on Mac OS, Windows, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and the PlayStation 5. But first, if you can give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. All right, so Tunic uh, takes its name from the green tunic worn by its protagonist. Mm-hmm. A, an article of clothing that is famously worn by another particular <laughs> video game mascot character. And this would lead one to believe that this game's primary inspiration is the legend of Zelda. Mm -hmm. This is a lie (laughs) that they have told all of us uh, leading up to the game. So I I feel like in many ways, I was kind of far behind on this game because I didn't really pay any, I knew it was coming out and I knew that it looked cool, but I did not get it or play it or even think (laughs) about it for a year. Uh, so I didn't know anything about this game going in, and I did assume that it was going to be a Zelda game. Right. But it is not a Zelda game. <laughs> it is a Dark Souls game with a Zelda coat of paint on it. Uh, and it is crazy to me. And it completely destroyed me. Like, I had, in many ways, but... <laughs> it- <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into. Uh, And in a way, I feel like that is exactly the headspace you should be in when playing this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I, this game caught my attention right away. um, Because as soon as it was like shown off at E3, I somehow was watching it and was the target (laughs) audience. Um, So I knew what the combat was like from the very get go uh, and knew that it was like it had Dark Souls influence. So um but yeah i think it takes specifically like inspiration from like older zeldas like the it has like a focus on like emulating like the feel of old video games and like not holding your hand and like you have to consult this in-game manual to like learn certain mechanics so i think like that's kind of the more zelda side of it uh also it's kind of like a isometric kind of like a link to the past style format yeah uh, but yeah, the, the Zelda influence is looser than one might expect. <laughs> yeah, it, it is like, I, I think as I was playing it during a particular moment of playing it, I was like in my, cause I'm just sitting alone on a couch and I'm just like, name me one way this game is like Zelda. <laughs> I'll fucking wait. You can't do it. I'm not talking to anybody. Uh, if you think about it, like for a while, yes, there are obvious things that this game does. The item system is similar, especially to the later Zelda, like the Ocarina of Time and Beyond, where you map a bunch of items to like an on-screen control pad and that determines where you go. And the game does technically have like dungeons, but they are in no way like a Zelda dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like the way it's broken up. It is about as much like Zelda as Silent Hill 2 is. <laughs> <laughs> For a callback to that particular fan theory that I came up with. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like uh like Hyperlight Drifter, mm. which also has like very like very much like some Zelda influence but doesn't really have dungeons or puzzles. Like, yeah, it's, it's got more of a combat and exploration focus. Um, it's so close to like the kind of game I would want to make if I made a game, 
Uh, but like, I would want to have the Zelda puzzles in there. Right, yeah. This game does not have Zelda puzzles. It has horseshit puzzles <laughs> uh, for insane people. And by that, what I mean by all of that is really more the puzzles in this game are for people who are just much smarter than I am, and they're all optional. Yeah, yeah like, um, it's another one of those games where I feel like playing it in our format like diminishes the experience because like if you if you have a two-week deadline you're gonna feel like so much more stressed out being like fuck this manual (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i'm like we we talk about this all the time and i think it's like part of it is definitely to curb expectations to an extent like uh we say at the outset like if you go to our website or like see anything that we did like very early we're always like we're not really reviewers this is a book club thing we incorporated into the whole like tagline for the show mm-hmm. uh and a lot of it is to be like we're doing these things in what is not really their natural habitat we're right. playing the game quickly usually in over a period of time and for us on this particular episode i'm reasonably sure that that isn't actually really true mm-hmm. because you played the game a while ago yeah and last, last january so almost a year ago yeah and i got to take a nice leisurely time with it because i'm just on vacation mm. uh so i was kicking back uh, when I finished the game, I was missing three pages to the manual. Mm-hmm. So I got to, like, really luxuriate in what the game was giving me. Uh, and it's like, this is a a luxury I wish that I had with games like uh, uh, Disco Elysium. Yeah. Where I was, like, trying to get in, like, one-hour, two-hour play sessions wherever I could with that game. And this one, I got to just kind of, like, put my feet up and, and go to town with it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, but... What what led us to this conversation in the first place is that the manual does contain some puzzles that are just outright, like, they're, like, fucking crazy. And the language is apparently translatable. I didn't look into it that far. Uh, and I don't know if it is like a one-to-one cipher where like this symbol is A, mm-hmm. or if it's like an actual conlang where you have to like figure out what the syntax is. I'm guessing it isn't that. <laughs> yeah, but, that like, takes way more effort yeah. <laughs> to create something <laughs> like that. But I mean, I guess it's possible. Yeah, there's just like so much context that the majority of players, like I would be comfortable saying 99% of players will never ever have. Yeah. Uh, with some of this stuff. Yeah. It, 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 I always feel like this kind of stuff is like crazy, interesting and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I do, there is always part of my like brain. that's like, uh, if only you could make it like a little bit more accessible <laughs> Like, so that, like, more people could, like, actually figure it out. But then I don't know if that, like, takes away from it. Like, the fact that it's so secret is, like, part of the appeal to the people that like it. So, yeah, I always feel conflicted because I feel like I'm on the borderline where, like, yeah. yeah. So I always am like, oh, I wish I could figure that out on my own, but I ended up looking it up. Uh I find myself (laughs) feeling that way often with games. Yeah, I do wish, uh, this is an instance where, I, I think they did it right in terms of how to implement it into a game like this. Like, this game is this game is for a much more niche audience than I think it advertises itself as, but even, like, 
toward a broader than just the like Steven Sausage Roll people, <laughs> like the people who want the most intense, like well designed version of this thing. Like none of the stuff that requires all that extra effort is necessary to complete the game. Uh, and I think that the experience, particularly, and we'll talk about it in a bit, the sort of meta-textual parts of the game are still really enjoyable, even if you don't engage with that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's done well in that case. But then as people like us, I want to, I want to know, <laughs> like, the, I would like it to be more accessible for me, but like, maybe there is a game out there that's going to give me a similar feeling, but like for people with fewer brain cells like myself. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like there's, I need like the smooth brain version of this game to really, to thoroughly enjoy and feel smart about myself because like the stuff, uh, I, I Googled and uh, spoilers for this whole game. Yeah. Big spoiler warning. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you have to do in this game, uh, and some things that you don't have to do. And one of the things that you don't have to do is open the mountain door. Right. Uh, And I ended up looking up how to do it, and it is one of the most, like... (laughs) uh, Like, one of those things where you feel like, I could have figured this out if I literally had nothing else to spend my brain power on. Yeah, well, you you end up doing this... Right. (laughs) If you want to try and figure it out on your own. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem just like... I mean, from what I've seen, that looks reasonably close to the correct answer, if it isn't the correct answer. Uh, Uh, I I think I messed up this little section right here. uh (laughs) Oh, with all the eraser marks? Yeah. That can make sense. But anyway. Yeah. The fact that everything is so, like, spaced out, uh, you have to, like, you would have to reconstruct the grid and then puzzle <laughs> out what the actual symbols mean, uh, which is, that's, like, a whole other leap of faith. Yeah, and I was, like, that's the hardest part. Yeah, and we're, like, two hours from when we're gonna record, and I was, like, <laughs> I'll just hit the old IGN guide for that one. yeah. It would be nice if there was more of a reward than just the last page of the book. Yeah. I like it because the last page of the book is the... Well, I mean, I don't know if it was your last page of the book. It's the cover, yeah. Yeah, because my last page of the book, for certain, was the one where I had to get fairies. Because I sure didn't know where any of those (laughs) were or what it was that it was wanting me to do. Uh, (laughs) So... Yeah, like the the I like the first page like being behind the door because I I like the developer message on the mm-hmm. on like the inside cover. Uh it feel cuz it does feel like that is the culmination of everything that anyone There's like three levels. There's like casual player and there's mm-hmm. like guy who wants to see everything and then there's like guy who's actually capable of seeing everything. Right. Like the having it be the culmination of the middle part seems right to me. Yeah, it would be nice if there was like a boss fight or or something, <laughs> anything else. Yeah, so, I mean, did you go around to the back of the mountain. Uh, you, you, what do you mean? I I made it up. Okay, <laughs> there's lots of things in this game where you can just go around the back of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, there isn't anything else up there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't find the whole secret dungeon behind the mountain? Yeah, there's the color dungeon was in there. Uh, uh, so, I, I think as we talk more about... Because obviously we're not going to spend the entire first half of the podcast just talking about things that we probably didn't even do. Uh, uh-huh. Before we go on, I do want to have just like a a quick woe is me moment sure uh, just to sort of set expectations uh because this game is uh difficult to see at times (laughs) there are things in the game that are that i really like um there are hidden passages that you can come out the other side of like they're there the whole time but they act as shortcuts once you know about them Mm -hmm. i think that's absolutely genius uh the hidden paths that hide secrets i think are fine because most of the time you're trying to figure out how to get from where you are to where you saw a thing and so you're already probing the areas Mm -hmm. but i take a bit of issue or invite i don't take issue in terms of the game i would like to talk to any other people who are vision impaired to see if they had similar problems Uh but there were lots of times where the intended path i was just moving the control stick and going i hope i find it because (laughs) there's like a staircase in the darkness here and i just cannot see it and i have to keep doing that Mm. so like i i I do this has come up many times like there are just certain things in games that i can't really deal with because of my eyesight Mm -hmm. but like this game had a whole lot of them (laughs) um Mm. and i think to me the biggest offender because like I lose a few seconds, a few minutes over the course of the game trying to find staircases that are right in front of me. But there are these enemies that have like a health drain effect mm-hmm. when they hit you. Uh, like It's like a whole class of enemies. You see like several of them throughout the game. And whenever they hit you, the screen gets this like blue-white tint over top of it. Mm-hmm. And the moment that that happens, I cannot see my character anymore. Uh... Like he's gone the range that I have on attacks. Those like shining blue Spider-Man, if they hit me one time, I died 100% <laughs> because I just didn't know where anything was. Uh so if I I'm 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 probably going to talk about the difficulty of this game like a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that I'm probably worse at it than <laughs> similarly skilled people because I'm just can't I can't see good. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that surprises me a little bit. Uh, the The only area I feel like it is the forest for me at the very beginning. It just feels like it goes cranks it up to eleven with all of like the foliage and uh oh, yeah. you know like it kind of like kind of obscuring the like what you're looking at a little bit a little over detailed there's like a little uh secret spider zone down south from the place where you first enter the forest mm-hmm. and uh you just have to kind of like stumble into it from what i could tell like there you have to go like between trees and shit yeah yeah it is it is pretty wild in there but uh, I think that area is so small that I, I didn't really, like, it didn't clock to me. Yeah. Like, oh, this is really hard it's, to see. And yeah. I probably missed stuff. Too. Yeah, it's the only one that feels, feels like a little overly visually noisy to me, personally. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I missed a lot of stuff. Some of it's going to be visual, but then a lot of it is just going to be, like, I bad game sense. <laughs> like, didn't pick up on where things were. Yeah. The, uh, the magic dagger 
if I hadn't mm. gone to complete the the, the true ending, it, I wouldn't have known what it was. <laughs> I picked it up two hours ago. Like the uh, the was, ice thing. I never used it. I don't okay. know what it does. Okay. It, it's is it just like called a blue, the magic? Dagger. Is it a blue necklace? Is that what it looks like? Maybe it was like a blade inside of like a, a crystal. Mm, okay. It's I on think... the map in the the Western Gardens. Okay. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Whatever it is, I just found it, and it like made a big deal about me picking it up. And I was like, "Oh, I wonder if it would have been good for me to have this during <laughs> the whole game." <laughs> yeah, I didn't find the hourglass for a really long time. I so. also didn't find that one until I went back for pages. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I think that's normal. Uh, I mean, fair. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just that kind of game. Um, I, and I think that's like an interesting thing to talk about um, up top is like the game doesn't tell you how it works. Like it just, you know, there's no dialogue. Uh, the dialogue that is in there is all written in a language you can't read. And then you have this <laughs> manual that you have to go through and it has like pictures and illustrations um, that clue you in and sometimes explicitly tells you about some mechanics. But like, it was like, a, like I just overlooked the fact that you can run. Like it was like, oh, I was yeah. like halfway through the game before I realized holding the dodge button lets you run. Uh, it took me a while to figure out how to upgrade my stats. You know, like if you, if you're not paying close attention to the manual, you can overlook important mechanics for a while. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, and I, I sort of mentioned this up front where I think a lot of the metatextual elements of this game are really interesting and cool. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about this game is that like, there were definitely things that I was thinking about because of my familiarity with, with essentially with Zelda games, with dark souls games, they were mm -hmm. like, a am I going to need this? Am I going to be able to do this and that and those? Uh, and so I, I was actively sort of looking for things. The stat thing is what, what, kind of what it, what triggered it for me is because i noticed the stat items going into a separate part of the inventory right like they weren't in where the usable items were or whatever it was maybe they only go there after you find the page i'm not actually sure but mm -hmm. eventually i realized like i don't know what these are and like look through the manual for an explanation for them right and uh, there are other things I'm sure that people could just figure out potentially on their own. Like if by any chance you happen to hold a mm. for three seconds, you will just do that, that prey pose. So hypothetically someone could do that and then try it at a bunch of different locations and maybe find stuff early. Yeah. Yeah. That's like maybe my favorite thing that the game does, or at least one of them is like, you have that ability from the very beginning and there's like the warp pads are there. Uh, and like I, I, it, the, when you learn that you can do it, it just like, it's one of those things that like recontextualize the game. Like now you want to go back and try it in a bunch of different places. So yeah, I think that's really, really cool. And you get like a little miniature, mind-blowing moment uh when you realize you can do it <laughs> yeah like every new mechanic opens up like a different thing that you can be looking out for uh and and, and enhances the gameplay like it makes it more deep uh because you know that there you have more options than you thought and none of it is like actually unlocked aside from weapons and items and stuff uh which is very cool i i, I agree i think it might be 
one of my favorite things about the game, if not my favorite as well. Mm -hmm. Special mention to uh, after completing the mine area and you go up the stairs and you end up at the top of the mountain by the door. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was (laughs) to me. Honestly, that was like even that was less flabbergasting of a moment than earlier in the very same part where I realized that there was a path to the left of a pillar and I was like, God damn it. I've been (laughs) running this level over and over again, just trying to get back to where I was. And there was a shortcut there the whole time. Like every time the game revealed one of those to you, I kept being like, Oh, look at this. It's like dark souls. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know that we, we talked about this last week when we did our pocket episode on anodyne, about you being somebody who just appreciates a game that has an air of mystery about it. Yeah. Uh, and this game just seems like uh, 100 times that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it also like tickles another part. Like I've mentioned this on other episodes where like, I have this idea for like essentially Truman show the game uh-huh. where it's like on like the face of it. It's just like a regular game. Like in this case, like a, uh, zelda dark soul style game but then there's like a secret component to it um and this doesn't go quite all in on it like my hypothetical truman show game but like (laughs) it it has that like extra layer where it's like once you like crack that code and you are able to see all the secret shit in the manual now all the yellow lines and shit uh that are in there you're it's like now the game is all about like going around and trying to find the fairies and like it's like it becomes like a totally different thing uh and that can be like yeah really satisfying um like i do i wish and i don't maybe this is just a me thing because i guess this is technically in there but like i wish it was a little bit more like prevalent or noticeable from the start that there's like something more to the world to discover and i think like the manual does kind of clue you into that but like Mm-hmm. I feel like it could be like introduced to the player a little bit more clearly. Uh, it would be the only thing that I think would make it better is if I was looking for it. Cause like, I think like most of the game I'm like putting off trying to decipher the manual. Cause I feel like it's going to take a lot of effort <laughs> and I'm just kind of like playing yeah. like the Zelda game that it is. Uh, and then they, they don't like mesh for me, but that might just be like my play style. I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, to me, it was like when I saw the manual for the first time, which is very early. There's a page you get like pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it to me, it was like this is an interesting way of doing a tutorial because mm-hmm. it was showing me the first things you get show you like button commands. And later you find out like what stuff is and there's a map and you get those very early and they're very useful in a practical tooltip kind of way Mm -hmm. uh and i and that's how i interpreted it at first i was like it's cool because it's like most of the text is not there uh in terms of like my ability to read it Mm -hmm. uh so i just gloss over that but it says hey look at this press a to roll when there's dust those are your invincibility frames i'm like got it understand i'll continue playing the game and then as i pick them up and so it felt very natural to me to grow from tutorial into narrative supplement into 
alternate reality game. Yeah. Like it 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 scaled up in like a very like uh straight up sort of way. Yeah, like I I avoided like spoilers for this game, but I did hear a couple people online say that like oh, it's got like crazy cool secrets in it. Like go play Tunic right away. You know, like uh <laughs> Stop watching this video and go play Tunic. But uh, uh so like I, I feel like I was just hyper aware of it. Like I was like it for the longest time I'm like oh, I'm gonna have to like translate this language to solve a puzzle. Uh, <laughs> like and I was like, I really don't wanna do that. So like, I kept trying to think of like what I knew there was gonna be some kind of meta thing to the manual. Uh or at least I had that very strong hunch from like the yeah. almost the get go. Yeah, and it is. It's like, it's such an it's it's such an interesting, uh, it like regardless of how you approach it from the beginning, like it's such an interesting goal in the game because, it, like hypothetically, you don't know how many pages there are, right? Uh, because like unless you find the back cover, which you won't, because <laughs> you have to fucking go put in inputs on the D pad in random locations. <laughs> Uh, in order to get the last page, but uh, like you don't know how many pages there are, so it's always like constantly. Every time you find a new one, and like I don't know about you, but like I hit a point in the game where I felt like I wasn't really finding new pages very often. Yeah, like in the middle ish, mm-hmm. middle to like almost the late game, like right at the end is where you get more because you get the ability to teleport. And yeah, shit, yeah, but, yeah. Uh. So it ended up being just sort of like a, uh, this thing that just kept building over the course of the entire game. So I, I don't know. I, to me, it maintained the cool mysteriousness from the beginning to the end, uh, up until the point where I said, fuck it and Googled a guide <laughs> on how to find the three pages I was missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That's why I think it nails the mystery thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it, it does like very well. Uh, I just like there's a part of me that like kind of wishes it was a little bit more integrated with the rest of the game and was like less like its own meta game on top of the game. But I <laughs> also fair. like that that's the way it is. You know, it's not mm-hmm. not an actual complaint, but uh, yeah, and more like a, sort of... how I would do it if I made the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of a thing to, to tie it into like our discussion of, uh, about the game genre and like sort of what its inspirations draw from like. Part of the reason that I didn't ever notice the codes and shit in the manuals because a lot of what I would use the manual for was the maps. Mm-hmm. And you realize pretty quickly that the game's dungeons don't really require maps. Right. They're very straight shots uh, and, and difficult to... I mean, there are a few that are more difficult to navigate, but for the most part are just like clear rooms in, they feel like Dark Souls dungeons. Yeah. Like, you go in, you kill the enemies. If you die, you have to do it again. Yeah, it's the combat. Uh, that's the challenging thing. Yeah. You kill things, you do death running, you open shortcuts. It's like the classic Dark Souls progression in this game. And so I stopped looking at the maps. Mm-hmm. And because I stopped looking at the maps, I wasn't noticing patterns in the manual. Right. Um, which is why all of this kind of like struck me all at the end. That was like, wow, there's actually a lot here. Yeah, like it's a lot richer than I thought it was. Yeah, that almost feels like what the whiteboard pitch for it was. That like the like the player will have a moment where they're like, wait a minute. 
You know, like they'll have been using the manual like the whole game for little things, and then they'll have a moment where they're like, whoa. And then they'll look through it and then notice other things. Uh, so it, that almost feels like the ideal experience to have with it. Yeah. Though I will say that they're like, they've been. I don't want to. I don't want to equivocate these things. Like the journals in what I'm going to bring up is like journals in mystery May games that we've done in the <laughs> past, where it'll be like, this is like a list of events that have happened. Uh, even as recently as Signalis, like the the text logs and the radio station mm. like lists and stuff were things that I would refer to, and when I was struggling with a puzzle, would go back and like rifle through the information to find stuff. Whereas in tunic, I feel like when I was stuck, the first thing I did was not open the manual Mm. and start flipping through pages. I felt like I would more often explore with my eyes, uh, my special, special (laughs) eyes uh, to try and find like things that I may have missed. uh, And I wouldn't go to the manual. And to me, like that is, that is the biggest weak point of the, of the manual aspect of the game is that, and God, we've been talking for a while about this manual. I mean, so we it's like, move yeah, on. it's like the big. I mean, that's like the big thing about the game, like the big unique element. That's true. Like that's the selling point, right? Yeah, like, it's the unique, cool thing. Yeah, you can but, like yeah. buy physical printouts of it, like on Etsy and stuff. Oh, let me fucking do that real fast. <laughs> All right. Uh. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's, I don't know. I felt like there, I wish there was more of a reason to want to go to it, but I think that the way to do that is to either A, increase the amount of readable text in mm-hmm. the manual, which I think takes away a little bit from the air of mystery, and or put a lot more annotations in it, because you get those like yeah. hand-drawn things in the margins, but now you've just made House of Leaves by accident, <laughs> and that becomes yeah, and, a lot lot more confusing. Yeah, and you don't want the player to catch on too quick. Right. So yeah, you kind of like had to spread those out. Though I will say, I do think that the manual in this game does count as ergodic literature. <laughs> if anybody is... <laughs> If anyone's keeping score. (laughs) Well, yeah, and it gives the game, like, this cool feeling of, like, rediscovery. Like, you know, like, you're you're following in someone's footsteps, like, who had the manual before you. And, like, that's a cool thing to, like, participate in in a video game. It does even a lot more than that, too. Like, it, it contextualizes the game as being a game within its own universe. Uh, mm-hmm. In a way, or the, in this universe, like they a, make instruction manuals for life, like a ritual weird. kind of thing, right? Like there's so many different like interpretations of this booklet that would have come jammed into uh, an NES case, and my dog would have eaten it. <laughs> uh, and, and it's just I don't know. It's it's very rich to me. I feel like I like the fact that it adds a metatextual layer to it, and I like the way that they've gone about like hiding things in it but even more than that i just like its existence <laughs> like yeah. that is the thing that is most cool about it um uh, i guess to kind of segue um are, are you i know you have not played the witness but do you know much of anything about it yeah i know a decent amount i know enough uh, to know that i would not be able to finish the game <laughs> well i guess so spoilers for the witness then i guess but like I, I I liked how like the doors like there were these golden doors were basically just like witness puzzles, 
Uh, mm. like where you had to like trace the lines on the doors to open them. I, I thought that was interesting. Um, and, uh, um, the, the, the most spoilery thing is that you reach a point in the witness where you start noticing those patterns in the environment and mm-hmm. then you can like trace the lines in the environment. And then like, that's like kind of like a meta layer on top. So this felt like it, I took inspiration from the witness weirdly once like I figured out those, uh, those puzzles or like started noticing them. Uh, and also there was this one part where you go um, into a, a door that you have to open with one of those line puzzles and you go mm. into like this, like 3d like prismatic area, which felt like a reference to Fez. So yeah. uh, I just thought okay, that was, fair kind of, point. yeah, I just thought that was cool to notice. My- my immediate thought was the 2D parts of uh, Mario Odyssey. Mm. But yeah, I also thought Captain Fez Toad. is actually kind of a better... Oh, yeah, Captain Toad. Yeah. Well, the whole game has that diorama feel. Mm-hmm. I will say, when I got to that one uh, in my quest to get 10 fairies, mm-hmm. I was like, this is the only one of these that I would have been able to solve by myself. Yeah. Like, I would have actually figured this one out, whereas the other ones I... I tried to do, I read how the puzzles worked and then I went to the thing and then I tried to do it and it never worked. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I was doing wrong. (laughs) Uh, There's one on the mountaintop. That's like a bunch of rocks laid out. Right. And the first instruction was up and I was just staring at it going like, (laughs) where does, how do you start at up? Like, I couldn't figure out how up could have been the first command. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some and of I them, just got totally lost. Yeah, some of them are pushing it, I think, <laughs> in figure out, figure out ability. It for seems sure. like one of them like knowing is where... spinning around. Yeah, oh, the which makes windmill. It really... Yeah, I, that's I, fucking impossible. Yeah, I just said fuck it with yeah. that one. I was like going to try and figure it out, and I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Trying to like maneuver to an angle where I can like see the whole windmill. Uh, nightmare, mm-hmm. absolute true nightmare. Uh, speaking of nightmarish, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this game does not ever tell you where to go. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Mild spoiler on my thoughts. <laughs> I started this by saying, speaking of nightmarish, but what do you think about it? What What do you think about the more self-directed play of this game? Uh, I, I feel like it makes for a really slow start. Uh, I, I felt like the the amount of time I spent kind of wandering around, not wearing, knowing where to go, was very concentrated at the beginning of the game. Um, but like, I think once I got like more into it, um. It, it it got easier and easier um yeah like i don't remember you do you have to get a key to get into the forest or something i felt like even just getting to the first area felt like it took a little while um yeah. and then like the like ringing the bells does feel like you have to do a little bit of wandering like the second one you just have to keep going to new places before like you finally get to it uh so it, it can i think it feels a little bit uh concentrated towards the beginning of the game but like i don't think i really minded it that much like i think once i had like the sword and the shield i felt like good to go and it didn't really bother me anymore (laughs) oh man i mm, we we should talk about combat in the second half because we're already sort of like running into that territory yeah uh 
but I am I have some questions for you. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say one amendment to that, because I agree with you. I think it did l- lend itself to sort of a slow start, um, which I think, generally speaking, I think is fine. I think yeah, it yeah. Is, it draws you in a little. Yeah. If you're up you to, to the get challenge. Your yeah. Right. Yeah. And I did not know that there was going to be a challenge. We'll get into that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, you have to sort of like get your bearings and understand like how the game works before you find your way into the first like main dungeon. And the game gives you a convenient checklist for the first two areas. It's like go to the forest, get the sword, go to the well, and then the abyss or <laughs> whatever it's called. <laughs> uh the place where there's no lights and then you go through those mm. and like it kind of checks it off and then it really lets go and says find these three things here's some relatively cryptic information about where they might be uh good luck and then you just wander and have to figure out how to get places mm-hmm. but yeah my one amendment to that though is that it also led to a slow end uh because <laughs> yeah the ending is a bit drawn out yeah like a bit a bit is a word, is two <laughs> words. I would say it is ludicrously drawn out and is my least favorite part of the entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Just the find the six hero graves and get your soul back was like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. guessing, uh, about an hour, hour and a half of just walking around. <laughs> you fight like six enemies. Mm-hmm. There's not really a puzzle. There's a puzzle to like one of them. I yeah, think. it's just like the I think the puzzle or like the the thing that's supposed to be cool about it is just like figuring out how to navigate the world when certain areas are blocked off. Right. So yeah, but I, I feel like that only comes up like twice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I yeah, don't know. I think it, I think at least like three different places you can't get to the way you usually would. And you had to find right. like a different way in. Yeah, the forest comes to mind, mm-hmm. and then I think I fast traveled. Right, yeah, you really have to make matter. use of the fast travel to like warp to places and stuff. Right, which I was gonna do anyway. Yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. walking around. Uh, so to me, it was just like mind numbing, <laughs> and uh, and then I died like ten times to the fucking electric cougar in the mine before yeah. I figured out a strat for that uh so it was a it it was i don't know i think the end of the game is like i think it's boring i hated it i thought it sucked (laughs) ass like just the getting the soul parts part Mm -hmm. like i think genuinely just terrible for me like a bad experience Mm. uh and then uh, intriguing at the beginning and then that whole middle part i felt a little bit mushy about it like Mm -hmm. there were parts that i really liked being able to go find stuff on my own and then other parts where i was like where i actually was going through the manual going like give me anything <laughs> like anything at all tell me what to do after i put the lock or the the keys in the locks i was like now what <laughs> like i went to i went to the mountain mm. and i walked around for a while and i was like kicking in people's doors asking if they've seen a <laughs> a stray ghost fox around uh it was like a whole thing uh and took me a long time to realize like what it was that i actually needed to do to progress Mm -hmm. uh and i don't know it just wasn't like maybe for some people that's like the shit the fact that they don't (laughs) have like 
a good idea of what they're doing and that they have to go and figure it out themselves. But for me, it was very much like a big speed bump, a speed mountain <laughs> that <laughs> that sucked all of the momentum out of the game and just made me lose interest in what I was doing. Yeah, I think that that sounds reasonable. Uh, like for for me, I think it hit a real sweet spot in the middle and it never really took me too long to find where to go. But yeah, like, and I, I did all enjoy like the, uh, like getting my body back section. Uh, but I, I think it's totally reasonable. Uh, yeah, like there's no combat, uh, yeah, like to not enjoy it. Like, I, I think it w- is kind of comparable to like, uh, go get the Triforce charts or like, mm-hmm. go, go get all this shit in, in Metroid prime or whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I found it satisfying to kind of like navigate the world again in a different way. But uh, yeah, I, I I I think your criticisms are valid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, that's like my main thing about it. Like otherwise, like I really like a lot of the things that the game does to keep a hands off approach and let the player figure things out on their own. The fact that entire mechanics aren't told to you is is very interesting and is it leads to people having different experiences with their game and allows for this kind of book club discussion where people can go in and be like, did you fucking know <laughs> that you could do this shit or whatever? Yeah. I only found out today that apparently you can parry. I don't know oh, how to yeah. do it. I, think... I would have been trying it constantly if I did. <laughs> I think you have to like double tap the button, like the block button uh, or something. It's something like that. I would uh, do it on yeah, accident occasionally. That sounds like it's probably double tap the block button then. Mm-hmm. We should explain why it never happened on accident for me. Uh, but we're once again, we're talking about that fun combat system in a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I just wish that there were a few more signposts, mm-hmm. like potentially even literal signposts <laughs> in the ground that I could look at and give me an indication of where I should go. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I, I think that the game's structure is really strong. Uh, and I don't want to, like, overstate how much these things detracted from the experience because it was the the world that they made is actually very fun to explore mm-hmm. and has a lot in it to explore. But it just has maybe even slightly too much in it that I kept getting distracted yeah. and not being able to find my way to places. Yeah, and I might even have a little bit of, like, rose-colored glasses because I played it a year ago. Fair, yeah. But uh, do we want to jump back in and talk about the combat after, after the, the break? break. <laughs> 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 uh. Uh. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, so we promised uh, to talk about the combat system, which I will do now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Here's what I am curious about. Okay. And I don't, I don't take this as me not believing you, <laughs> because I've also seen you play Dark Souls games, right? And despite the fact that I find your way of playing Dark Souls abhorrent uh-huh you are always able to complete you've completed <laughs> dark souls games that i have not completed uh-huh uh using your particular strats uh-huh so my question is 
I don't understand how you beat this game, given that your shield is two toilet paper rolls <laughs> stapled to the back of a pizza box. I felt like every time I pressed the R button, uh-huh. I just fell over dead, like <laughs> without a second to to do anything. Like <laughs> almost, it blocked like zero attacks <laughs> from enemies. <laughs> And it took, like, seven hours for him to put it in front of his body. Mm. Like, that was my shield experience. And I very quickly just said, fuck it, and stopped (laughs) using it completely. (laughs) And I feel like your experience is, like, so very much the opposite that Mm -hmm. it's going to be an interesting sort of conversation. Yeah, are you sure your controller wasn't broken? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I did test that, because I was like, I pressed the R button like a thousand years ago, and yet, I was still hit through that through the block. Uh, Were you using the lock-on? Yes. Huh. But, but I think that may have been part of what fucked me, mm. because if you're locked on to somebody and they die... Right. You take a second before you'll lock on to somebody else, right. and they can still hit you even if you're blocking. I felt like a lot of the time when I resorted to blocking, it was usually when I was overwhelmed with something. Right. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> did you play the way that I expected you to play, which is to use the shield a lot? Yeah, yeah. Block 100% of attacks. <laughs> uh, unless they're... Like, big enemies will, like, destroy you if you block, so you have to dodge them, but... Yeah. Like every regular enemy, I'm going sword and board for all of them. Uh, <laughs> you sort and have a great time. Yeah, sort and have a great time. I really want to establish that day. so that we can print like t shirts <laughs> and bumper stickers. Uh, yeah, that so I guess I'll explain it then. Uh, <laughs> so the like the Dark Souls community calls playing with a sword and shield like I do and blocking things sword and board because they think it uh-huh. is boring. <laughs> uh and prefer to roll and eat through attacks and stuff uh and i despite playing things like bloodborne and monster hunter and games where you have to dodge through in souls games for some reason i can't not just block stuff like uh, the 100 percent block with the shield is just the way i like to play so i call it sword and have a great time <laughs> Bloodborne is a really good comparison to this game, though, because like in Bloodborne, there's one shield and it sucks. Uh, (laughs) It it works. I don't know what you were doing, man. Yeah, I evidently was shielding wrong uh, because I would try and there are a few bosses uh, read. Yeah, bosses you have to take different approaches for. Yeah, and I would try to block if my other strategies were not working well, and 100% of the time, blocking <laughs> was worse. Yeah. Like, it would be like the, like the first guy, right? Like the garden. Yeah, you have to dodge guardian. his attacks. Yeah, if you block his, like, three-hit combo, it just shatters your stamina after two hits. Yeah. And then the third one demolishes you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's actually, there's so much more depth to it also than that but like just basically speaking yeah like you do have to choose to block to block or dodge or to blodge as i almost said (laughs) you could blodge things joe de blagio you could you could do a joe de blagio type play style (laughs) or sword and have a great time 
Those are your yeah. two options. <laughs> Those are your two options. Uh, or you could be the L.A. Dodgers, which is what I ended up <laughs> right. kind of going toward. Um, yeah, I it, it was weird. This is why I'm so upset that I didn't know about the Perry until mm. today and never did one. It's, uh, because you probably would have hated it. It is so slow to come uh, out. You, like you do it, and it's almost just like a. <laughs> like it takes like forever it is like such like a telegraphed animation that it's feels almost like a joke uh, maybe it is a joke i just felt like my defensive options were because unlike in uh in souls games in, in order to run which is an underrated defensive option in it like most people don't think to do it mm-hmm. but you can usually just run away from attacks uh but in order to run in this you have to commit to a dodge first right which is problematic early in the game because you don't have very much stamina and is like actively kind of hard to do after you get the crown mm. and do the teleport dodge because all of a sudden your dodges are going super far yeah and you can do like three in a row and be like pew, pew, yeah pew. <laughs> so there's almost no reason to at that mm-hmm. point uh yeah, I found my defensive options to be, like, more limiting than I'm used to in this style of a game. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was one other pretty major hurdle for me to get over before I got actually good at this combat. Uh-huh. And that was, I had zero idea what kind of game this was when I started playing it. Right. The moment it became difficult, I had to, like, completely rearrange my <laughs> fucking brain code. Because I was prepared to just have a chill evening on the couch and then i was like fucking jumping around and like (laughs) running away from dozens of enemies who were all chasing me at once you had to get the do and doritos out i had to bust out the do and doritos for this one Mm -hmm. uh to see if i could get any kind of a semblance of strategy down uh but once i did i find the combat in this game actually really rewarding Mm -hmm. uh surprisingly so because it's very simple uh but what what it is good at is making you have to do resource management in a way that isn't just like staring at bars. You're mm-hmm. like you you've you can do a lot more while your stamina bar because you don't it doesn't cost stamina to attack. Uh, so you can gauge like okay, I need to recharge my stamina, so I just need to get away. And your stamina recharges slowly while you're sprinting, so you can kind of do that. Uh, or do I just need to like stop attacking, let it recharge a bit, and dodge? There's like a lot of different options you have, and I find it to be like really actually very engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think especially counters, even with regular enemies, are all pretty well like designed in a way that actually makes you use your move set it's not a button masher at all mm-hmm. yeah no it's surprisingly well designed um I, I i it's weird like 2d games like combat games tend to not use a lock-on mm-hmm. i think it's cool that this one has it um like even like comparing it to something like hyper light drifter which i think has good 2d combat like i think this is better um it, it just it feels really tight and polished in a way that, like, I think it's hard to accomplish. Uh, combat systems are pretty difficult, it seems, to design. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it has like a great foundation. Yeah, it's like it's pretty simple. Um, 
Yeah, and it, it just it feels really welcome. Like Zelda games usually have pretty simple combat, and I think this kind of like bolsters that side of the uh the equation. Whereas like mm-hmm. actual Zelda games usually kind of brush combat to the side a bit. Yeah. And it does it does wear its inspiration on its sleeve a decent amount in terms of like its Dark Souls inspiration because if you look at the level design, um, most levels are structured in that classic. And when I say Dark Souls, I am talking about like 2011's Dark Souls, not the franchise as a whole, mm-hmm. because the 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 worlds are all built in this way that is like this is a big named zone. It has a bonfire Mm -hmm. and it has several shortcuts that lead back to it. And all of the routes going from place to place have like bespoke designed enemy encounters inside of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the combat has to work both as like the flashier, like dodge heavy boss combat and the on the move, like taking encounter by encounter. Uh, I I do want to say in relation to that is running away from enemies is a topic that weirdly (laughs) is important (laughs) to these, like to this genre of game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the designers of tunic did not want people running away from enemies. They specifically wanted you to fight everything every time, Um, which I think is fine. Mm hmm. But I don't think that the game is designed quite perfectly around it. Pretty well, Mm -hmm. but not perfectly. I think that the cathedral in specific stands out to me as an area where there are just too many enemies and too many obstacles to make it like... I, at no point, wanted to fight every enemy (laughs) in the cathedral again. Yeah, The first time was good enough for me. And I just wanted to run through, but you end up with a train of people chasing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended and, up like oof. routing that area pretty much at the end of the game to farm money. <laughs> <laughs> there are so, a lot. Yeah, of I got pretty good there. at killing everything in there. <laughs> I'm curious, how, uh, what money did you need to farm? Uh, I, I farmed one time. Yeah, so. for the final boss, I had a lot of trouble with. So okay, I wanted yeah, to yeah. buy, like, bombs and, like, decoys and blueberries and shit. By the time that I was there, mm-hmm. uh, we can talk about bosses uh, if you want to now. Sure, but, sure. But by the time I was there, I was, uh, like, to the point where I was like, I should go buy things. I checked. I had $20. <laughs> I had one life worth because i had died so many times that i had just lost all of my money yeah that's why i needed to farm it yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was not about to i didn't from the moment that i like had a route to the boss i didn't leave i just kept running it over and over again until i eventually beat it uh which i'm realizing like after the fact was i was not as well prepared as i thought i was Mm -hmm. uh but we'll we'll get into it um yeah, so the bosses in this game, um, generally, I think, are very good. Mm-hmm. They were frustrating. Uh, mm-hmm. Several of them were, anyway. I think my favorite boss is well, my favorite boss by a mile uh, is the scavenger boss. Uh, I think he his fight is outstanding. Is that the one that's like the kangaroo guy? 
Hold on. The, the one in the mine? <laughs> yeah, the mine guy. Yeah. Is he a kangaroo? I'm pretty sure that's what those guys are supposed to be. I thought they were rats. Oh, they might be rats. I I, I replayed a good chunk of the game to capture mm. footage, like a surprising amount, because knowledge really shrinks space in this game. Yeah. Um, I did not go get to that part, so I, I'm working on year-old memories. Okay, that's fair. I, I thought that because I once mistook uh, <laughs> Jet Li for uh, Tilda Swinton. Uh, that is true. <laughs> that did actually happen. <laughs> this is a real thing that happened. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe that I had just completely misread mm. the image. I thought that was a very real possibility. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, that I think by far that guy is my favorite <laughs> fight in the game. Yeah, I really like the librarian. It's probably my favorite. Oh, really? Least favorite fight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um for for me like I played up like past the initial like garden guardian whatever boss without yeah. upgrading any of my stats mm. uh, because I did not. I overlooked that mechanic. So I feel like I just like got really good at the combat and felt like I, like none, none of the combat felt that hard after like I had like made it through a third of the game <laughs> on soul level one. <laughs> yeah. I, I will upload a companion video to this episode to uh-huh. the YouTube channel that I will call, uh, whatever his name is. That like garden guardian easy kill, yeah. Uh, like our Gwyn easy kill joke from the original Dark Souls episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I got him down to this was like, keep in mind, this was on like my sixth or seventh try against the boss, it wasn't like the first time. Mm-hmm. I got him down to like a maybe an eighth of his health. I think I'll have to review the tapes, you'll see all <laughs> of this in the in the companion video. Uh, and then he just fell off the map and oh, died. Wow. Definitely is not supposed to happen. <laughs> like, he he had a problem. Like the Iron Golem. He kind of Iron Golemed himself, uh, which I thought was hysterical. But I did feel a little bit robbed because I really liked that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that one's like my second favorite fight yeah. uh, in I, the game. I really dislike the one that gives you the red Septagon piece like the giant robot oh yeah siege engine yeah siege engine is probably my least favorite boss he is the worst boss mechanically 100% and I'm not gonna like make excuses <laughs> for it but I found him to be like the Lord Rikard of this game mm. where I felt like it was very easy and it was a spectacle like maybe with the exception of the forest guardian who threw himself off of a bridge <laughs> uh the only boss that took me fewer than 10 tries. And mm. I'm pretty sure I oh, beat wow. him in three. Like I think siege engine, I just sort of like stabbed to death very <laughs> quickly and then moved on. But like, he's running around and shooting machine guns at you. Yeah. I thought it was a very cool fight. You know, it is, um, it is cool how like fucking huge he is. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It's like the actual combat of the fight is not anything. It's just like, <laughs> It most of the fight is running. The actual comparison would be the true final boss of Elden Ring. Yeah. Like that would be the the actual because like most of that fight you're just running in a circle 
and going like, can I jump in at either his front or his back to get a few hits in and then run away again? Right. But it's just so chaotic that I ended up liking it. Uh, but 100% would not blame anybody for putting that as their bottom, <laughs> uh, like least favorite boss. Mm-hmm. For me, the librarian I didn't like because it forced me to use magic. Mm. Uh, because I uh, he, I can't fight him. He's too far away. <laughs> yeah. So I had to use the magic wand to just like shoot bullets at him uh, most of the time. And I don't like that he just sort of is RNG. Like... Mm. It, I feel like there were times when I lost to him that I had, like, no way of surviving. Where he would be like, I summon four guys, and also, here's a beam that goes across <laughs> the entire stage. Yeah. Hope you were paying attention, despite the fact that I'm not even on the camera. <laughs> like, that kind of thing, like, it just felt bad yeah. to die to. Um and the final boss has some things to feel bad to die to. Yeah. And I will sure talk about it when we get to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but up until that point, like, that was the one that I was just, like, frustrated with. Yeah. It took me probably twice as many tries oh, to kill really? the scavenger boss. And I felt very engaged by it. Like, it was a good fight. And mm-hmm. I kept going back. Very quickly, I was tired of the library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, it, it landed in a sweet spot for me where it felt like not, like, just right on that line where it like wasn't too hard to keep track of everything he was doing. And uh, I don't know. I like the difference in kind of having to like actually use the magic to, to beat him. And I, I just think the arena is cool. Like the library area I thought was like super awesome. And fighting I mean, him... you put a library in the game, you're going to love it. <laughs> yeah. And just fighting him on the roof was pretty cool. Yeah. I just felt like there was, I felt like there was something more they could have done to make the fight interesting other than just make him fly away mm-hmm. <laughs> uh like if i if there was even even if it was hard to hit him because like i ended up using magic like in a way it was a good thing because it taught me that the magic wand was actually good in boss fights mm-hmm. uh for dealing chip damage like the guns in devil may cry yeah or the uh, bo- the bow and arrow in uh uh God of War. <laughs> oh Momodora, yeah uh but yeah also god of war yeah. I I was literally, I had a moment where I was like, is that even a real game that you just said? Like. <laughs> Reverie Under the Moonlight. Yeah. Like, what a wild title that game has that I just forgot about entirely. Uh, but yeah, that yeah, it did teach me that it was good and I did end up, end up using it in the subsequent fights. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just not, <laughs> just wish that I could have hit him with the sword a couple more times. Yeah, that's yeah. that's I mean, really my that's thing. That's fair. Uh, like yeah. I also I like that not every area has a boss. I I like that there's only what like five in the whole. I think game. it's five bosses. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. like I I was like expecting one in like the frog zone, uh, and there just isn't one, and I actually like uh-huh. that. Like it kind of keeps you on your toes a little more. Uh, I love the frog zone. Yeah, it's a cool cool dungeon. I think I think that it is probably wise for us to talk about the final boss yeah, 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 in yeah. the boss conversation before going on. Because I was just going to be like, Frog Zone, let's go <laughs> yeah, on. Put a pin in Frog Zone. Yeah. Rudy's, got, like, Rudy's got the frog. <laughs> like you're dissecting a frog. Put a pin in it. Yeah. <laughs> so the final boss, the heir, mm-hmm. uh, is a devilish bastard. And yeah. very close. I got the bad ending 
when I completed the game. Mm-hmm. And I very nearly got the worst ending, which is where <laughs> I couldn't beat the final boss. Like, I think it took me, like, about an hour to actually beat it. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, maybe, like, 40, 45 minutes, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, for me, like, the final boss is, like, five times harder than any of the other bosses. <laughs> like, it, it felt like such a difficulty spike. Yeah, and, and like, it's so I, deceptive, I've beat too. my head against it for a long time, and then found out there was a phase two. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it felt like a real slap in the face. <laughs> it does. It sucks ass. The Fortunately, the I mean, I don't know. This is where I feel like I need to talk about the part of the comment that I don't know. It, to me, feels intended, mm-hmm. but maybe is not. I'm not sure. What level were your flasks, your oh, health God. potions, if you can remember this at all? I, I don't blame don't you if you can't remember. Uh, I felt like the it, the, the healing maybe items four. I don't remember. Okay, maybe this is my fault then, because mine were two. Oh, I up- <laughs> that's so low. Uh, they healed for effectively nothing, mm. and this is how little they healed for. When my strategy for beating bosses in this game, I think for pretty much the entire game after Siege Engine, was to equip the red tear stone ring, Mm. which the game doesn't give me a name for it, so I'm just going to call it by its Dark Souls name. Uh It increases your damage when you're at low health. uh, And abuse the fact that this game has very forgiving last hit forgiveness Mm -hmm. like if you get hit when you're at low health it'll reduce you to one hp most of the time unless it was a really big hit yeah so i would not heal until i was at one hp (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then i would heal one time and the amount that it healed was not enough to take me out of rtsr range Mm. so i the boss fight didn't start until i was at one hp because i was (laughs) dealing like little pissy damage and then i would hit one hp and then i would melt them (laughs) like that was the thing Mm. so i was always playing right on the edge of death and the final boss I, I, that's when I was like, there is something wrong, and I must have missed something. Yeah, I think your special eyes definitely, uh, did you in here. Because, like, I think on, like, in the capture footage, when I'm playing just, like, up to the, like, the, the forest guardian or whatever he's called, like, I think I had the flask at level three by that point. This cannot possibly be true. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> the, I'm not. Is the, it the not the number of flasks? That, yeah, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, the level of it. Yeah. No, it's the ones that like come in a little bundle, and you have to collect three of them to level up your flask healing. Mm. Because I had eight flasks total. Right. But they were all. I had only leveled them up one time. I think uh. maybe two. I, I. I. It's a two in the menu, so I don't know if I did it twice or if i did it once they start at level one i'm not mm-hmm. sure uh but yeah it was i was getting very little healing from them and then the second phase of the fight is uh she gets like the ability to the the health melting ability mm-hmm. and the downside of that is that it's a damage over time effect which means that if i got hit when i was at low <laughs> health it would bring me to one and then kill me so i would go through the first phase over and over and over and over again get to the second phase and just die within 10 seconds and not have built any information about what 
happened in the second phase. Yeah, it, it it felt like the level of like in people can call me a pussy baby or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I can take it. Uh, but like like DLC like Dark Souls bosses, like mm-hmm. like Sister Freed or you know Lady Maria, etc. Orphan of Cause, whatever. Uh, yeah. Like they just feel like a level of hard to me that it's just like not fun to fight against where it's like you spend so much time like not even getting them half dead and then dying and having <laughs> to go back You're like yeah like the first phase took me forever and when it got when there was a second one i was like fuck tunic <laughs> <laughs> i said that so many times today and i hadn't had that experience until that point like i, I thought yeah. it, it felt like a good level of difficulty and then dial it a little too high for my liking yeah i had three there's an that's enough tunic for tonight experiences <laughs> in the game and the first one was in the quarry mm. uh before i realized and this one was very short-lived yeah the gas i was mask. like yeah i didn't once i found the gas mask i was like this is actually fine i was overreacting but i was like i have to dodge people shooting at me with guns mm-hmm but the only cover I have to hide behind drains my maximum health. And I was like, this is terrible. Because, <laughs> like, they're difficult to, do- like, time because the their charge-up sound only happens at the beginning. And if you're hiding, they won't shoot. So they're just silent until they shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, I would hide and get let it shoot the thing. And my max health's going down the whole time. And I'm running away. And I was, and I found the gas mask, and I was like, "Okay, this is fine, whatever." And then the second moment was in the fight with uh, the librarian, mm. uh, where I was just like, "I hate this. I hate <laughs> running around. I hate that I have to have like magic potions to keep my magic up so I can keep doing damage to him." And then the last time was like, I, I. <laughs> I had been fighting the final boss for 25 minutes mm-hmm. and hadn't seen the, like, er, I'd gotten to the second phase and then I went 25 more minutes before I saw the second phase again and I realized that I was getting worse. Yeah. And I was like, should I just quit? Like, am I too tired? Mm-hmm. My hands are kind of hurting. That's like, the feeling I'm talking about. I don't like yeah. when bosses give me that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> It was just too much. And I was. I was, like, right about to quit. Uh, I was, like, I I mean, I don't know if I really would have or if I would have been, like, uh, just one more try, one more try, whatever. But I got to the point where I ran in just totally ready to die. I was, like, <laughs> I'm just, I don't care. I'm just going to keep trying for a little bit, and then I'll watch the ending on YouTube or whatever, and then we'll talk about the game. Uh, and I'll just eat crow on this one. But... <laughs> I fucking run in and like, it's not even a good run, but the the thing about the RTSR, like low health, high damage setup is that you can stun lock the final boss, mm. which is very wild. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know if you could do it in the second phase. And I actually managed to, to catch her in a loop 
where she couldn't do anything, so I just killed the first phase. And then the second phase, I immediately got hit with two attacks in a row, mm-hmm. uh, which put me at one HP. And then I just mashed the B button for a while. It was <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe this will do, because I'm definitely dying. And it just worked. Like, I have it clipped. Nice. She literally <laughs> just, like, falls over, and then you hit her a bunch, and then she does the falling over animation again. Mm-hmm. And I beat it. And I was like, I didn't expect that at all. It wasn't especially satisfying because I didn't really have like a great fight with the boss. I just hit her a bunch right. of times. <laughs> hey, I mean, whatever, so, yeah. whatever it takes, you know. I know I was using some underhanded <laughs> tactics for this one. But... I, I think it encourages it. Like anything yeah. you look up online is like use the the ice spell to freeze her, and then like throw decoys, and then throw bombs at her, and like. You know, like, you have to, like, do the, like, Zelda thing where you have to, like, use the arsenal of things right. you have to find some way to beat her. Oh, and also, is she explicitly female? Because I also perceived her as feminine, but I saw a thing online where someone was calling them a he. I was like, well, they are mm. called the heir. And if you think of, like, yeah. you know, like, uh, in the real world, like, the heir to, the, to royalty is usually a guy. True. But, uh... This is well, a it, fantasy in, world, so it doesn't have to abide by the same rules. That is true. I would. I think that it's coded that she's co- that she, I'm saying she. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this character is coded as feminine. However, I think I that if that is wrong, I don't think that he is correct either. I think it is totally fair to say that this is androgynous. Yeah, like a Gwendolyn yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, except G- Gwendolyn is specifically. We don't want to talk about. I don't want to get into Gwendolyn. Yeah, Gwendolyn's Gwendolyn pronouns. Is, yeah, G- Gwendolyn yep. is a is a very challenging mm-hmm. character gender wise. Yeah, because like Gwendolyn is was raised female, but we have no right. idea whether or not Gwendolyn liked that. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> Gwendolyn does not use pronouns. Yeah, to, no, refer to themselves. Right. That we ever hear is, is Gwendolyn non-binary are they trans maybe are uh, they no one knows at this point uh, i'm trying to remember in dark souls 3 uh there's the is it yorshka refers to gwendolyn oh, as yeah. her brother okay so that might imply that gwendolyn himself or themselves used he him pronouns so they could yeah they could identify masculine yeah but gwen gwen made them identify feminine right which is abuse yes but we Uh, don't know this is all speculation this is in the dark souls corner (laughs) yeah this whole podcast today let's be honest yeah uh one thing that you mentioned there i mean i don't know do you have anything else on the final boss because like no yeah I will say, I guess, kind of on the topic that we were just on, they are called the heir, but specifically what they are an heir to is uh, unending isolation in a jail of somebody's yeah. design. In a, so, what is it, a dodecahedron or whatever? Yeah, it is like a dodecahedron. So my guess is that heir is gender neutral in this case because they aren't actually inheriting anything. Right, except for misery. <laughs> Except misery, yeah. Uh, but mo- moving on, yeah. one thing that you did mention there uh, in the final boss is the idea of like using all of the items and mm. stuff. Um, and one of the things I found interesting was that the game doesn't tell you what any of the items do, right? Uh, ever, 
you just kind of have to experiment and figure them out. It's one of those, uh, I think we talked about this on like WarioWare or something that like, if you've just played enough video games, it's, it's kind of crazy how you can just intuit what things do. Like yeah. the, the, the hook shot item. Like, I don't remember magic orb. Yeah. Like, like I will first like off, I guess those like tuning fork things around the world. Like I kept like, oh, I had a, tear up my ass about those like i kept hitting them and being like what are these gonna do that's gonna be i have to hit them in a specific yeah this is gonna tie into the big puzzle or whatever uh they don't they're just think grapple points uh right i was like once that finally happened uh that was a load off my mind but uh yeah i don't remember exactly the feeling of getting it the first time but like you get it and in like five seconds you're like oh this is the hook shot you know, like, it's it's weird how, like, intuitive it is if you've played video games before. Yeah. Uh, I And that is true. I think that most of the... Well, as mentioned, I didn't get the fucking time twister. Yeah. Or the uh, whatever else. The magic dagger. Yeah. Uh, it, during my actual playthrough. But the ones that I did have were pretty self-explanatory. My main concern... Because it works well when it's, like, a firecracker which you would assume ex- explodes mm-hmm. unless you're a Sekiro fan. And then you assume that it makes noise. Yeah. There are uh, things like the blueberries and stuff that you don't know what they do. Right. But the fact that there's a blue and red one, mm-hmm. depending on if you, when you try and use them, my concern is I was in a fight and desperately trying to find something to do and put in the one that is a pit, that is your head. Oh, and yeah. I tried to use it, but that's just like the souls from dark souls where you, oh, crack it yeah. and you get money. And it just, I just died because of it. <laughs> I don't know that I ever actually used one of those. Yeah, that's what they uh, are. I, I, they look like bomb chews. So I <laughs> kind of thought that And that's... you said, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, whoops. Yeah, they're they're pretty weird. The decoys, mm. I only found two in the entire game. Yeah. And I wasted the first one just <laughs> figuring out what it was yeah it's one of those things you can buy from the big skelly merchant but true yeah uh i don't know how much they cost though i i I don't remember never really bought much from it i bought a flask yeah i didn't really until like the end Mm -hmm. oh yeah the first time i went in there i spent all of my money (laughs) buying bombs yeah because i was like i don't know what else to do with this money maybe this is easy to come by uh, and I don't know, it kind of was, I don't think I ever, I did farm one time and it was just to get like a hundred at some point that I needed for an upgrade. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I did not shop very much, which means that I usually had all of the experience I needed for the level up items, mm-hmm. but I can imagine that the game probably wants you to shop. They have like a thing where if you use items enough times, it'll replenish one on yeah. rest. Uh, which is very cool, but I only ever got it on one item, and it was the the firecracker yeah. bombs. So I uh, <laughs> didn't didn't convince me. I know they wanted to convince me. Yeah, just like they didn't want me to run past enemies, <laughs> but that's a mechanic for a reason. Uh, but yeah, did not convince me to use items as much. Felt like the magic wand did me just fine. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about Frog Zone? <laughs> oh, yeah. We should talk about the levels. Is yeah, what I was yeah, kind of the, getting at. The dungeons, the areas. 
Yeah, I get excited about Frog Zone thematically because um, <laughs> one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is uh, sort of the aesthetics of the game. Yeah. Um, and Frog Zone was the thing that pulled me more into the narrative than the other a- areas because I think all of the areas look exceptionally pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Frog Zone is <laughs> mysterious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love when you get to the vault, it says already stolen. Like, what a choice of words. Mm-hmm. Uh, where <laughs> you have to now go find somebody who took the magic orb to get it from them uh or the key whatever yeah yeah it's the key that's stolen by the librarian right um and so you have to like go through all of these things to like puzzle out like what's going on it was such like a cool thematic location uh and the frogs are cool yeah i like the big frogs that can pull you off of ledges and shit yeah yeah they can do what the item does i thought that was like Mm -hmm. cool thematic stuff but i like that it's like nested in another level like that like beach area like it it gives you that feeling of like once you find it you're like oh should i like turn around and go like finish the area (laughs) i was doing or i do i just keep going uh so yeah it, it, it was like a cool area to stumble upon yeah, and this is one of those areas where the game's like hands-off approach to showing you where to go really works mm-hmm. because I didn't find Frog Zone. Uh <laughs> there's a name for this area, yeah. but I'm just going to keep calling it Frog Zone. Yeah. Uh I didn't find Frog Zone uh until I had lit all of the things. Mm. And then after you do that, you pray to the statue, it pops up and then you go through a teleporter and the teleporter takes you to an island and you can't get to the other place. Uh, but there is a tuning fork over there. Yeah. And so it all comes together. You go, right, I can't get over there until I have an item that is the hookshot from The Legend of Zelda. Right. Which I'm thinking about because my character is wearing a green tunic and it's all designed in this Zelda E way. Uh, and I was just delighted by that. The mm-hmm. fact that I was able to, that the game was able to give me a revelation, explain what it is that I needed all by just existing. Uh, and then I got looking for a new zone. I knew about frogs domain because of the way that the manual is laid yep. out where sometimes, cause you get a front and back page, you'll get a relevant piece of information now. And then a fucking splash screen <laughs> for the next party of the game. And you go, Oh, I'm intrigued. What does this mean? Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Uh, any standout zones? Uh, I think the other big standout zone is the mine. Uh, it, it feels like the most unexpected area. Uh, it's foreshadowed a little bit uh, by like all of like the energy that runs around the island. Uh, it's got to be mm-hmm. coming from somewhere. Um, and then like the, you see, there's like one like scripted part where like one of those energy monsters like sees you and then runs away. Um, uh from like the foreground or whatever. So like actually getting to that area and like needing the gas mask to traverse it and it like going down into this like subterranean lab and shit. Like I I thought that was all really awesome. Yeah. That's the one thing I'm sure at this point that there is some kind of body video (laughs) tunic channel or like at least some video essay. Yeah. But it's so strange to think about because like, what is any of that? 
it's so crazy. Like, obviously, I am in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, every one of the obelisks has, like, a fucking uh, cat demon inside of it. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> but what are they? And, like, why are the people upstairs using, effectively, like, magical electricity? Mm-hmm. And also sticks as weapons (laughs) and they're like oozes and stuff like it's it's a cool like sci-fi fantasy blend yeah that makes you ask a lot of questions yeah yeah i once again played it like a year ago so i i don't i have even less of a grasp on it than you but like it, it almost feels like there has to be some kind of like a like, uh, like the civilization fell and then like a new one came in and found like the technology and used it to rebuild or something. It has that kind of energy to it. Uh, and like, maybe like the rats were like slave labor and stuff, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's some kind of like things you can grasp onto, but I have no idea what the details are. Yeah. It's a, that it is very vague and obviously Potentially more obviously than any other game in existence, it is left sort of... Ambiguous, yeah. Yeah, ambiguous. Maybe not open-ended. There's probably definitive, like, answers to a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, you... It clearly doesn't want you to know all the information. Uh, It goes so far as to not show you words in languages (laughs) you can read. Right. So, it's like, yeah. So, I absolutely allow it. But, like, that shift in tone as you like go down the elevator into the depths from the quarry mm-hmm. is just an absolute fucking delight uh, yeah. where you're just like all of a sudden everything is like a little scary now yeah good use of the camera i think like to zoom out and stuff when it's appropriate yeah uh speaking of cameras mm-hmm. maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if this is good uh i thought this game looked amazing oh yeah uh potentially the best looking game that i've played this year like i think that the yeah i think these visuals are incredible like it it is a simple style but it's done so like artistically Mm -hmm. uh that it it really just like it drew me in instantaneously uh yeah you're like a cute little fox Mm -hmm. which is appealing but not really special but then everything is in this diorama style uh, there's like a, a consistency to everything. Like all of the, the zones have like these shared elements that feel like they're really connected as a world. Uh, and I love all the effects, like the visual effects in the game are very like effective at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think, I think it looks extremely good. Uh, and I was constantly, it's like eye candy, but my <laughs> eyes are diabetic. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, it does have great art direction. And like, I love... Oh, uh, my favorite little detail is just the bushes are, like, angular. I yep. don't know what shapes to call them, but, like, they're so, like, satisfying to cut down. They, like, bounce and stuff. Uh. Uh, so, yeah. like They're like keycaps. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like a little flat pyramid. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah it, yeah, it all just looks great. And uh, I know I, I complained a little for, like, uh, visibility about, like, the forest area, like, how much, like, detail there is there. But, like, mm-hmm. just, like, as a still image, it looks fantastic. 
Oh yeah, this is this is a thing that you could see somebody selling as a poster or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think it looks super good. I also really like the uh, the the music in the game. Yeah, the music slaps. It does. It's so chill, mm-hmm. and I love when you're in the overworld for a little while, and a little triple it part comes in. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, I'm grooving now," <laughs> and then you're in a boss fight, and it's still kind of chill, which is great because I'm not chill at that moment. <laughs> I'm very loud, uh, so it was a good counterbalance to it. Uh, yeah, I think it for me it really like hits a another one. A, a, add it to the list. Uh, another thing that hits a real <laughs> sweet spot for me in the game is like the music, like it has that kind of like chill lo-fi vibe, but then also mm-hmm. manages to have like catchy melodies. Like it, I feel like it feels like the perfect middle ground between two different styles of video game music that just like really does it for me. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Like some of the stuff I, I God, it's been seven years since we talked about Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, it's been a long time. But that is the thing that, to me, most comes to mind. Because I think our we liked the vibe of the soundtrack. And we thought that the soundtrack was, like, great ambiance. Yeah, but, but it's a little just, too... Uh, what's the word? A- I guess ambient. Yeah, like, it fails at being, uh, like, a memorable soundtrack. Yeah because it doesn't have those those melodies and this does like it mixes really well uh and to me sells me on it like i think it's it's outstanding mm-hmm. uh and it's yeah in there's its a lot of good youtube mixes of tunic music <laughs> you know that tracks yeah oh uh, i guess just one like random straggly thing uh that i forgot to mention when we were talking about uh the manual and opening the door uh at the end of the game uh, mm-hmm. The way you find one of the, like the grid, you have to fill out the grid uh, to open the door to find all the combination. The way you mm-hmm. get one of the squares on the grid is you have to quit out of the game. And then when you go to load the game, there will be a new save file there that's got like 999 hours and 59 minutes of playtime. And you load it up and it's like this top down uh, like dungeon crawly area that's got like a yellow line on the ground so you just like walk uh, through it and it loops so you just have to like draw the shape of the yellow line to get that piece of the square uh how does it know i think you have to have found the page that cues you into it uh, okay that makes sense or something i, I don't know this... what triggers it but like i i i found when i found that i was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like i thought that that's was a, so I... cool I played this on the Switch, and it's the only thing I'm playing on the Switch at the moment, mm-hmm. which means that I never quit out of the game. Yeah. I always just put the Switch into into sleep mode, and I feel robbed because <laughs> I, I would have loved to have seen well, that. Well, yeah, try it after we're done recording. Quit out of the game and see if it's there, because it probably Fair is, yeah, yeah since you, you beat the game. Yeah. So I thought, I yeah, definitely that, have add that page. to the pile of the, one of my favorite things uh, that the game does. Do we have Frog Zone thoughts? <laughs> uh, my Frog Zone thoughts. Uh, I think this game is great. Uh, it's uh, it's I I 
keep uh, making reference to it, but like it's very much my kind of game. Uh, very similar to the kind of thing I would want to make if I made a game. Uh, I think like the blend of like Zelda and Dark Souls is something that just like makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I like that like a handful of indie games have like tried that. Uh, so yeah, like it's it's I love the focus on exploration and like the not holding your hand. Like I think it really does actually successfully kind of evoke the feeling of playing games as a kid. Uh, like, you know, like playing an old NES game that you just kind of like played and you just kind of had to figure it out. Uh, and they, yeah, like, I think like the manual is like a really clever idea. It almost has like Kojima energy, uh, like hiding clues in the manual. Uh, it, it's just a really inspired idea and uh, executed very, very well. I, I personally wish it was a little bit more accessible, but like, I think it, for what it's going for, I think it really nails it. Uh, and yeah, it, it's it's a really solid like Zelda Dark Souls style game just on its own without all the secret stuff. But like the secret stuff, I think really elevate it um, up to that tier of like exceptional indie games. Uh, so yeah, it really feels like a, a like a modern indie classic. Add it to the pantheon. Uh, so yeah I had a great time with it um, and it really enjoyed coming back to it uh, to capture footage for the video so easy to get back into if you ever want to go for a second playthrough Uh, yeah I I had to google just now before I get into my final thoughts (laughs) to see if Tunic has an assist mode or an easy mode apparently it does Mm. it's called no fail uh, cause I was going to comment on it. Like, I know there's a big debate, like does dark souls have, uh, it, should dark souls have an easy mode and, and we can have that debate at some point if we wanted to, but dark souls is not going to be purchased accidentally by a 12 year old <laughs> and tunic absolutely will be. And they will be stonewalled within a uh, half an hour of playing the game. Uh, and it should have an easy mode so that that person can play the fun Fox game. <laughs> Christ almighty. And I'm glad that it does. Um, anyway, my frog zone thoughts, mm-hmm. which is of course, in this case, frog apostrophe S own thoughts. Uh-huh. These are thoughts of my frog. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that this is a fantastic game, and I hated it. Um, I think that this game is, like, a brilliant blending of multiple sort of, like, inspirations and genres, and it was so frustrating that I want to die. Uh, <laughs> it is <laughs> it is one of my favorite kinds of game, which is a game that I have really complicated thoughts about. Uh, it, it's a game that I cannot recommend to everybody because the game is just too fucking hard uh, <laughs> to complete. Like, it's a very difficult game uh, when it wants to be, uh, but it does so much well. Uh, the manual is an absolutely outstanding part of it, obviously, um, that brings this whole other layer to the game that makes you have to think about it in different ways. Uh, the combat is extremely fun uh, to to like get into it's got more depth than you would think while still being simple enough that it's easy to to play while you learn so you never feel like you're just like practicing you're always doing something uh but it has long periods of time where i feel like it should be 
doing more to help the player progress. I think the end of the game is a uh, is kills the momentum of it. Uh, and I <laughs> and that final boss is so fucking brutal. But it's it seems like one of those things that like over time I will probably warm up to more and more, similar to many other souls game bosses that i have in the past um so i have complaints some of them aren't complaints some of them are just me like being upset with the game uh but it does so much to bring it back that like i feel like if you're looking for a souls game like a souls like that doesn't look like a souls like in the way that like lords of the fallen or whatever has Mm -hmm. this is like a hundred percent like this is the best non souls souls game (laughs) since dark souls one (laughs) because it takes that this is dark souls two if it was a good game uh (laughs) there's a lot of like that dna in here and done in an extremely good way um, I think if you're just looking for like an indie action game, Hyperlight Drifter probably does you a little bit better because it's more straightforward. It's not going to make you read a book in another language <laughs> to figure out how to progress. Uh, but if like the puzzles and stuff are part of the thing that draws you to the genre and draws you to these this type of game, or if you just have nostalgia for that era, I think this game's really fucking good. Uh and it's something that I will have to wrestle with for the rest of my life, uh, whether I really liked or really did not like this game. And I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Yeah, but I, think, I am happy to play it. I mean, I give it a few months and you'll look back on it fondly. Oh, I already look back on <laughs> yeah. it fondly. Two hours ago, I was saying it was the worst game ever made because I died to the boss 40 times. Uh, and now I'm like, but it was pretty cool. And I had to like... MacGyver a strategy together out of the things that I had that I didn't even know what they did mostly (laughs) Uh, it's good times and bad times thank you for listening to No Clip This Week what are we talking about next time next time we're going to be talking about an even harder game Super Mario Brothers Wonder I don't know anything actually about the difficulty of this game, but uh, from what I've seen, I, I I doubt that it will be tunic hard. Yeah, I imagine it will be like all Nintendo games nowadays, where it will be pretty easy, and then we'll have some really hard stuff at the end. Right, which we may or may not even get to or know exists. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be exciting to find out on the next episode. Fuck yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to our email address, our Twitter account, uh, our Discord server where you can suggest games for us to play. I know a couple of people on there were kind of excited about us doing Tunic, so I hope that we did a good job for for them. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Uh, you can find all of our old episodes and links to our YouTube channel which also contains all of our episodes uh, including ones that we did on every Legend of Zelda game ever made Yep, Uh, most of the Dark Souls games (laughs) yeah Uh, that's not entirely Uh, most recently like Elden Ring, Ring, Twilight Princess uh, Tears of the Kingdom Shovel Knight, which is also like a throwback game. Yeah, uh, maybe like Hollow Knight. It's like oh, yeah, another yeah. indie game that takes some Souls inspiration. 
I would bet that the overlap between people who like Tunic and people like who like Hollow Knight is like hundred like percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that seems about right. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, do you think that Tunic will have a DLC teased and then it'll turn into a whole other game and it'll just be called Silk Tunic? <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know that joke had a better punchline than I was expecting. <laughs> Not like good, but it took you <laughs> enough off guard that you still laugh. Yep. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Just like I'll take one subscription from you, the <laughs> listener, please. Thank you. Hookshot that like button. <sighs> Fuck yeah! Solve a cryptic the witness style puzzle in. <laughs> The comment section. Leave comments under this video that are just series of line <laughs> symbols. Yeah, and have somebody the, figure it out. The golden cross or whatever it's called. Or no, the, 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 the holy, holy cross. cross. In the, it's the golden yeah. path. It is, yeah. yes. Look, we solved the ARG. We know all these <laughs> terms. My, my, my horn is up.